The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Hello, it is seven o'clock, and I'd like to welcome everybody to the City Commission Chambers this evening for the Monday, August 1st, City Commission Business Meeting. Uh, our first order of business here tonight is roll call, Clerk Borling. Commissioner Decker. Present. Commissioner Hess. Here. Commissioner Hoffman. Present. Commissioner Juarez. Commissioner Pradle. Present. Vice Mayor Cooney. Present. Mayor Anderson. Here. Uh, is there a motion to excuse Commissioner Juarez from the business meeting this evening? Oh. Unneeded. All right. Just in time. Thank you. He's here, so. Present. There we go, thank you. I, am I missing it or do, uh, do we have a good reverend with us here this evening for invocation? I don't see anyone. So usually for our opening ceremony, uh, we, we have a individual who's uh, willing to come and spend a moment with us and start us off with some good thoughts. Uh, we have a couple people on the commission uh, that could do that. Is there anyone who'd be willing to do that this evening? Okay, Commissioner Juarez. So I will ask uh, people to stand for our invocation provided by our good Commissioner Juarez this evening and then stay standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Opportunity. You would give us wisdom uh, that you would give us compassion, that you would give us grace and mercy as we freely receive that, that we would freely give that. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would continue to just lead us and direct us, guide us. Lord, uh, we know you. we need it. And so we just ask that you would continue to do that for us, that you would be a lamp unto our feet, and that you would give us the boldness and the courageousness to be the leaders, the servant leaders that you've called us to be. Um, and so we just thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you again, Commissioner Juarez, for getting us started. Commissioners, you have before you the agenda for tonight's meeting. Are there any changes you would like to see? 
seeing none from the commission, is there anyone in the audience that would like to speak to an item that is on our consent agenda? If so, you'll need to ask for that item to be moved to the regular agenda. Are there any such requests? Requests are to move uh, G1 to the regular agenda and G2 to the regular agenda. All right, thank you. Communications, City Manager Witzma. Thank you, Your Honor. And I would like to call forward our Deputy City Manager, Jeff Chamberlain. Oh, he's right there, already forward. He's gonna introduce a, uh, a new member of our team that we're very excited is with us, our Communications Manager. Jeff. Uh, tonight, just want to introduce you to one of our newest employees here at the City of Kalamazoo. Uh, joining our city manager's office is a new position, uh, communications manager. And that's a position that we've been talking about here lately based on uh, just a lot of conversations going on about how can we make sure we're effectively communicating with the public. Uh, we have a lot of good things going on in Kalamazoo, and so it was time for us to kind of bring it under an umbrella and have somebody dedicated to that full time and to working with our neighborhoods and working with our departments. So Michael Smith, uh, Mike Smith, uh, is joining us, just joined us last week, and so we are very pleased, and you'll be seeing Mike around quite a bit as our communications manager brings a, a real depth of uh, work experience regarding the private sector as well as with universities. And so we're just very pleased to have Mike on board with the city manager's office. Uh, Mike will be working with the city manager's office and our departments on basically everything non-public safety related. And Jay Shatara, who is our public information officer for uh, KDPS, will be handling all the media and out uh, communications regarding public safety. So I uh, want to give an opportunity for Mike to say a few words. Thank you very much. It's great, a great pleasure to be here. This is a beautiful chamber. I have not been in, in here in many, many years since I was a reporter at Channel 3, and that's back when I had a head full of hair and I was about 30 pounds lighter. <laughs> but it's, it's wonderful to be here and wonderful to be a part of city government, and uh, I'm just looking forward to working with each of you to help communicate who we are, what we do, and why we do what we do, and why we are a great city and a great region. And I look forward to that process, and, and anything you need from me, feel free to reach out to me. Some of you I, I know already, I've known some of you for several years, and so I look forward to working with each and every one of you as we go forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, a warm welcome to you from the, the commi Commission Dias here, and I'm uh, very happy to have you on the team. Thank you. Next on our agenda is the opportunity for public comments. So at this meeting, speakers will each have three minutes for their comments, and we're gonna start with folks who are here in the chamber. After that, we will uh, go to the phone lines. Uh, Deputy City Manager Chamberlain is managing that. I would suggest that now is the time to call in if you wanna provide a comment during this one public comment time of our uh, commission meeting. Here is the number, it is 888. 382-9556. So you can call that number now if you would like. Uh, and is there anyone in the audience wanting to address the city commission in person? Please come to the podium, state your name, and indicate whether you live in the city. 
light was on, sorry about that. My name is Ben Stanley. And I, wa I want this city to be um, what I saw when I first moved here in 2015. Very diverse, very culturally dynamic, lots of art, lots of fun. And I don't see that. I see a lot of pain. I see a lot of trauma. I see a lot of hurt. And I try to show people love. I try really hard. I really do. And I met with so much strength and power and authority correcting me. I tried to file a trespass against someone on my property a few months ago because they were throwing things at my house and I didn't like it. And I'm not allowed to trespass people in the city of Kalamazoo because I myself am trespassed from the police department. That is a deprivation of my civil rights. And that has been done by the city attorney, Clyde Robinson. And that can cost you your law license. That's not good. And the way that I'm talking right now is like combative. Do you see that? Because that's what I'm taught day in and day out here in this city, constantly. I got a fine because I had flowers, natural flowers, like dandelions and wild carrots in my yard for $127. The person just to the left of me, it's an abandoned house. It's half burnt. It's condemned and it's considered blighted. And the city has a responsibility to deal with that within 30 days. It's been two years. The city's in partnerships quote unquote, behind closed doors with the person that owns that property to try and develop the north side to try to make it more equitable for the city. When I hear that, I think of gentrification. I hear, get the money in, get the money in. While at the same time, not considering who's already living there now. People that don't have a lot of money. People that grow their own dandelion roots to make tea rather than buy it from the co-op for $25 a pound. Because I don't live in West Nich Hill. I can't pay $25 a pound for dandelion roots. But I can grow them for free. But then the city taxes me $127. That's wrong. You have to learn how to teach people through love, not fear and intimidation, not through strength and power because you're just Kalamazoo, you're not that big. Thank you, is there anyone else who wants to make comments this evening? Hi, I'll sign in later. I'm Jack Urban. Uh, I just wanted to uh, draw your attention to something I'm very pleased to see, which is uh, the restriping and repaving of a number of streets downtown. Uh, uh, I can see already that the traffic is starting to slow down, probably just because of those white white painting trucks were <laughs> blocking the road. But um, it really is starting to make a difference already on Park Street and Westridge on the north side. And I'm also very glad to see what you're starting to do on Lovell with the bike wave. I mean, that's what it's going to take to get people really comfortable 
spiking downtown as they need protected bike lanes. Uh, anyway, uh, this is a many-year project that the city uh, previous administrations had embarked on uh, to uh, uh, upgrade the traffic flow in the city and to uh, make the whole city more walkable. And I'm just here to uh, uh, call attention to the work that's begun, well begun, and I want it to continue for as long as it takes. And uh, I know it's going to take five to ten years to do all of this, but stay with it and don't let anybody talk you out of it. Thank you. Next, please. Good evening, everyone. My name is James Pitts, and I'm also a planning commissioner. Um, I sit on the board of NACD. I'm a community activist, and I'm a business owner here in Kalamazoo. The reason why I'm here is because May 14th, I was a victim of gun violence, where I was shot in my own yard, trying to tell a group of people to actually take a fight down the street. Um, and I'm here because I was in a coma for a month, and I had to spend a month in the hospital, and I'm still in recovery. And, and with this, I just wanted to kind of explain that when I was laying on the ground, you know, bleeding, and the police officers that, that came to assist me, I kept hearing, they're five minutes out, they're five minutes out, they're five minutes out. So after 15 minutes of laying on the ground, the first thing I thought to myself was, it'll only take 15 to 20 minutes for a person to bleed out. So with that being said, um, I, didn't, I had to actually direct the officers on how to get the how to get me to the paramedics after the paramedics got there. And so with that, I say, I gave the police department a D as far as service in my community. But I'm not here to just say that, but I'm here to say that um, we, as a community, we have to be able to um, bridge the gap. And I'm here to bridge the gap between the city, the police, and the community. But for you guys that's here, because I'll be sitting up here in a few short days where you guys are sitting, you, you know, I expect and I'm hoping that we can bring everything together. So I, I say it to say because I've been in, in touch with the police, with the chief, and we're working with each other, but now I need the city to come in also and do the same thing to where we can eliminate gun violence in our city it actually get a little tougher on crime in our city because it may just be on the north side right now, but if we don't get a, a check on this, it's going to spill all over the city. You know, at this point, I, I got the perpetrators still running the streets, so I have to carry an armed guard with me all the time. But I think it's not too late because 90% of the city wants peace, wants to live in a good neighborhood, it's just that small percentage that we have to eradicate. And that's, to me, getting tougher on crime. So I expect and hope that the city will champion what we're looking to do. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope your recovery continues. It'd be good to, good to see you back. Is there 
Anyone else? Yes. Good evening. I'm Becky Bell. I've been here before. I just want to take a moment to express my heartfelt apology that I was not correct regarding the laws that were removed from the city's jurisdiction when I spoke to the media. I'm specifically referring to the section of laws that were removed because they either fell under state jurisdiction or were outdated. I will admit that I should have done my due diligence to verify which was which. But I also believe that they could have been presented in a way that designated which was which. I was not the only person that was under the impression that several heinous acts were being removed from the city with no further enforcement by the state. At any rate, I have heard that some very horrible things have been directed to Commissioner Pradle and likely others. And I want to be clear that I am dismayed that people would respond in such a manner. I do hope that you will at least accept my apology and realize that I do not want misinformation to be spread regarding the city I love, Kalamazoo. I was in great appreciation of Commissioner Pradle's response regarding taking the misdemeanor to a civil infraction. Do I think people should be arrested for public urination and defecation? Mostly no. I do, do believe that there are certain situations that might warrant that or habitual occurrences should warrant different responses. It's not just about the human waste issue. There are many safety concerns regarding those acts. Humans should have a safe place to take care of their human waste. And people that clean up human waste should have the proper safety gear to clean it up. I think we can all agree that there is much that is going on in the city right now that needs to be addressed. Myself and several business owners would love to come together with the city to better understand each other and each other's needs. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else in the chambers this evening that would like to speak during public comments? See no one, DCM Chamberlain, has anybody called in? We'll go ahead and check. Caller ending in 3178. Go ahead, you're with the City Commission. Oh, hi. Um, does my three minutes start now? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Okay, <clears throat> thank you. Um, hello, everyone. Thanks for allowing me the opportunity to speak. Commissioner Hess, thank you for the invitation tonight. My name is Blake Laginus, and I work for a nonprofit organization based in Minneapolis called Center for Energy and Environment. But more importantly, I work with the city of Kalamazoo and Consumers Energy on an energy saving program called the Kalamazoo Energy Collaborative or KEC. In fact, as many of you know, the city just passed its first community sustainability plan where in it, the plan talks about the importance of building benchmarking as one of its key strategies. The KEC is aligned with the goals of the city and uh, residents and building owners in Kalamazoo can get involved in the program and be aligned with the city as well. The goal of the program is simple. Save building owners and operators money on their utility bills by improving building efficiency. I often sum it up in an easy to understand mantra. You can't manage what you don't measure. Just like you use the EPA estimated MPG in a car to understand how it operates, you can do the same thing for a building. There are a few key points about the KEC that I'd like to put into the record. 
Number one, it is free for everyone to join. Consumers Energy is funding the program, which makes it free for any building owners or operators to join into. Number two, there's a low time and staff commitment. We understand staff time is at a premium, especially right now. So with only a few data points, we're able to give a building owner uh, a behind the scenes look at how the building is performing in terms of energy use, both electricity and natural gas. And finally, you'll get to uh, building owners are recognized by the city of Kalamazoo for being a sustainability leader. Um, you, people can learn more information on the criteria for entering buildings in the program on our website, kzoenergycollaborative.org. Um, and on the same site, people can sign up fill out a few uh, questions about themselves and the buildings, uh, hit submit, and boom, you're enrolled. So this program is just beginning to take off. We need a community-wide effort to get this thing rolling. Um, and after working in Kalamazoo for the last several months, I know that there is a spirit to get this done. We're just trying to reach as many building owners as possible. Uh, again, my name is Blake Laginus. My email is blake.laginess, that's L-A-J-I-N-E-S-S, -S, at cmsenergy.com. And folks can reach me at 612-244-2493 with any questions about the program as well. That was the only call, sir. Thank you very much, DCM Chamberlain. Next is the consent agenda. City Manager Risma. Yes, the following items are brought for approval this evening. First is the approval of a professional service agreement with Jones and Henry Engineers for construction engineering services for the 33rd Street transmission main project in the amount of $250,000. Next is the approval of a one-year contract extension with Water Solutions Unlimited for the purchase of sodium hexametaphosphate in the amount of $277,200. Next is the approval of a supplemental to the cost share agreement with the Road Commission of Kalamazoo County for the Lake Street Water Main Reconstruction Project, which is the East City Limits to Olmstead Road to reflect a $917,866.47 cost increase from $1,877,794.60 to $2,795,661.07. Next is the approval of a contract with Fay and Zyastra for the re remote station upgrades within the countywide supervisory control and data acquisition system and communication network for the water and wastewater utilities in the amount of $3,010,629.86. Next is the adoption of a resolution approving a third revision to the scattered site brownfield plan to support infilled housing. Next is the adoption of a resolution from the Michigan Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs Liquor Control Commission recommending approval of an on-premises tasting room permit for Apatosis Brewing Company, LLC, located at 3811 South Westnage Avenue. Next is the authorization for the city manager to execute a bilateral permit with 123NET Incorporated, pursuant to the Metropolitan Extension Telecommunications Right-of-Way Oversight, Metro Act. 
Next is the approval of a housing development fund grant in the amount of $500,000 to replace a CDBG-CV grant for the acquisition of Knight's Inn located at 1211 South Westnage Avenue for the Lodge House project. Next is the acceptance of a grant in the amount of $68,421.12 from the Kalamazoo Rotary Stage Endowment Fund for audio improvements to Bronson Park. And finally, approval of the minutes from the City Commission meetings on December 13 and December 20, 2021, and January 3, January 18, February 7, February 19, February 21, June 21, July 5, and July 18, 2022. Thank you, Manager Ritzma. Commissioners, the requested action is a motion to approve items 3 through 12 and authorize the city manager to sign all related documents on behalf of the city. Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made by Commissioner Hoffman. Support. Supported by Commissioner Hess. Clerk Borling, please call the roll. Commissioner Hess. Yes. Commissioner Hoffman. Yes. Commissioner Juarez. <coughs> yes. Commissioner Pradle. Yes. Vice Mayor Cooney? Yes. Mayor Anderson? Yes. However, I am abstaining on item 10. I am a volunteer member of the Lift Foundation. Uh, neither I nor the Lift Foundation receives any benefit from funding. Uh, it, it goes directly into the purchase and redevelopment uh, of a former motel into an affordable housing community. And Commissioner Decker? Yes. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Commissions. The item on the consent agenda are approved. Uh, next is the regular agenda, item H1, Manager Ritzma. Adoption of a resolution adopting an updated public participation policy. Thank you, Manager Ritzma. Is there a presentation on this? Yes, I would like to call forward our city planner, Christina Anderson, for an encore production uh, off the cow meeting earlier. So. She has a presentation on the policy. Evening again, commissioners. Uh, before you tonight is an update to the public participation policy. This is a document that we first created after Imagine Kalamazoo uh, to codify the engagement practices uh, that we um, uh, that we participated in and that we ran for the master plan and strategic vision creation process. Um, this document is also, it's not just for us, um, it is also um, part of our redevelopment ready community certification that we get from MEDC, which is the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. And this provides us training, they help us market properties to businesses um, and a, a variety of other benefits. So it is before you tonight because you approved it back in 2018 as part of our redevelopment ready community application. Um, and uh, we have made some edits which I'm gonna go through right now. Um, so the public participation policy is really the city's commitment to outreach and engagement as part of our, as part of our everyday work. Um, it's an understanding of who should be at the discussion table based on each project that we are working on and its location. And uh, it talks about the importance of engagement not just before a project, but during the project and after the project is completed. We made changes to three areas. 
First is um, we put to paper um, the engagement that we would like to see our development community or uh, residents who are applying for rezoning, a special use, a variance process, what level of engagement they should do based on what they are requesting from the city. Uh, the second change was the creation of a community of practice group. Um, and then the third is uh, we did some updates, especially based on COVID uh, and our, our need to change how we reach our community. Um, updates to the engagement guide and toolkit that's at the end of the policy document. So first, um, right now when someone comes to planning commission for a rezoning, you know, we strongly recommend that they reach out to those neighbors around the property as a way to inform uh, folks of what is being requested, what is being planned, um, and, you know, as a way to create a more successful project for them, a more successful public hearing. Um, and so what we've done in this document is actually list out by process um, what engagement is either recommended things like variance requests or special use. Engagement is strongly recommended still. And then there are processes like um, rezoning or the request of a street vacation when it's gonna alter traffic patterns that requires more detailed outreach, a meeting, uh, door knocking or delivering flyers or mail mailers to those, uh, those uh, impacted. And so this table lays it out and when we update the administrative section of the zoning code, um, we will reference this document with those uh, processes. The second major change is the creation of a community of practice. This is an internal group within the city between different departments and divisions. We all do engagement. Uh, we kind of each do it our own way at different levels based on the projects and our own needs. Uh, often we find ourselves engaging residents in the same neighborhood uh, in the same week or, you know, at adjacent weeks. Um, and, you know, we don't always do the work the most efficiently way as possible. So the point of the community of practice group is to come together uh, on probably a every other month basis to make sure that we are in the short term talking about what projects we're doing, who we're engaging, why we're engaging, understand stakeholders, share data, um, just very practical uh, activities to make our work more efficient. In the long range, we'd like this community of practice group to think about city communications that we're sending out for engagement. You know, what, what do they look like? How, how, are, they, how are they worded? Um, you know, how do we audit what we've been doing to make sure that we do it better? Uh, and again, you know, leading to Imagine Kalamazoo 2035, uh, how can we be doing our outreach, um, slowly increasing the bar every time? This group, um, we have commitments from departments and divisions across the city, uh, and we have a meeting scheduled uh, in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, um, to have our first meeting and get the group going, uh, make some commitments amongst ourselves to make sure that we are sharing this information and the data, again, to do that good work. So at the end of the document is a tool guide, a toolbox or guide um, that goes step by step uh, on how you create an engagement strategy for whatever project or plan you're bringing forward. Again, this is something that is designed to be used by 
me as a city planner, by other departments, as well as the community if a developer is coming through uh, for a project um, and wants to kind of understand how they can best do their engagement, neighborhoods with neighborhood plans, who needs to be at the table, how do we engage. And so it, it goes through step by step. And you know, the first two steps, define the project and identify the stakeholders, seems pretty obvious. I will say that, and I'll show you in a minute, when you go through and answer the questions that are in the guide and toolbox, it really does make you stop and think about everyone who should be at the table, what that looks like, and how to best reach them. And I'm gonna give you an example in just a minute. The toolkit has a variety of you know, questions uh, to ask yourself on how to create the engagement strategy, you know, who it impacts, is this a big geographic area but a small impact, it is a big geographical area and a big impact, and all of those decisions, uh, the, question, the way you answer the questions will lead you to different uh, strategies, different engagement activities in order to be um, most successful. And when we talk about engagement, there are different levels. Informing is a very legitimate type of engagement. There are things that aren't necessarily requiring input, but that we need to make sure that everyone knows a project is coming or dates of change, and so that information level is as critical as the collaborative level um, and the co-lead co level uh, when you're doing engagement and it all depends on the project that you're working on. At the end of the tool guide, uh, I did it again, toolkit and guide, um, we broke out based on um, what type of engagement you're going for. Are you seeking to inform? Are you seeking to collaborate? Are you co-leading a project with the community or some stakeholder group? And broke down activities that are best for that type of engagement. Uh, in this, we've added things that we learned from COVID and doing uh, options virtually. So as you go through the toolkit, you'll see that many of the engagement activities have a virtual option or how you can convert this activity to virtual um, if necessary or if it's just something that you'd like to do in addition to any in-person work. And then, and I'm sorry, it's a little bit small and hopefully uh, the commissioners, you have a copy of this in front of you. I did this exercise uh, with the blank sheets that are in the toolkit and guide to create the engagement strategy for the Convert Kalamazoo Avenue project. And these are just a couple of the working pages that we did to really go through and think about um, who needs to be at the table, what does it look like. And you know, I did it once by myself and then I did it with uh, additional staff and added even more as we're able to kind of sit and think about it. So you know, to define the project, to really identify stakeholders um, and you know, potential impacts on those stakeholders and then you know, how we start to put together the engagement strategy. What meetings do we need to do? What activities do we need to do in order to reach the folks that we had noted in the first one? So this is it in kind of real live form um, and you'll probably be seeing more of these documents in the future um, as we come, as, this, as city staff come with large projects. And that is the presentation. So before you this evening is um, a resolution to approve it. Again, uh, it, we did it through a resolution mirroring what we did back in 2018. Um, and this will be something that when we do every fall, we do a certification process with MEDC, uh, Michigan Economic Development Corporation. We have to recertify our 
redevelopment ready community status each fall and so we'll have this and we'll be able to share that with them that you know, the document is active one more thing RRC loves this loves our original document you know we have gotten quite a few comments uh, on it from their staff they use it when they MEDC staff uses it when they train other communities to go through the redevelopment ready communities process because it lays it out and lays out the steps and lays them out in a logical order um, and so that's something that they have used as an example for other communities to do as they get themselves certified um, as a redevelopment ready community super planner Anderson thank you very much any questions for planner at this time Commissioner Prale uh, City Planner Anderson, thanks for your presentation. <clears throat> um, I wanted to just uh, ask you a couple questions here. You mentioned the last time this update occurred was in 2018. Uh, so how do we decide when it's time to update the document? Is it based on the, the redevelopment ready um, certification status and that kind of guides us of when we should update or is, are there certain uh, indicators you see from the community that guide you uh, to decide, hey, it's, it's time to update this document? Yeah, it's definitely the latter. Um, redevelopment right communities to my knowledge does not have any requirements for updating these documents um, we put it together in 2018 that was the original creation of the document uh, and we found a couple things were missing as we are using it um, you know one the fact that we recommend things uh, to people who are seeking approval from different bodies we want to make sure that we're saying it consistently you know, and so this was a way to kind of put it on paper. Two, COVID clearly made us rethink how we work engagement and we wanted to make sure that we were codifying those practices. And then third, because we've been going out so much, especially during COVID, having that internal working group um, and as uh, it just be is becoming a necessary activity for us in order to be more effective in our work. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, the other question I had for you as well, I love to hear when, whenever someone tells us that we're leading on some front and, and other communities are looking to us, uh, which, which happens way more than I think the community realizes. Um, this is one of those instances, so thank you for, for making that happen. But what do you think it is that makes us and this model so unique and so attractive to other communities? I think it's the way it's broken down into pieces so it feels very doable right it, it makes you think even I mean there's always been a toolkit and guide in the document we just kind of added to it and I think made it more clear but the steps that you take to pause and truly define the project in a way that's not just box checking which is what a lot of engagement is um, in many places I think that's what sets us apart there's a step-by-step -step process you go through and you think about the pieces it tells you how to think about the pieces and then it tells you at the end to kind of spit you out well here 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 are some of the best activities in order for you to achieve that goal one of the words that really stuck out with me in the in the guide was uh, it says aims to create a predictable public participation process what does that predictability do you think mean to the community um, so I think what predictability means is that if someone is, if there's going to be a rezoning, for example, they know that they're going to get noticed in advance if it impacts their property, whether it is city driven or uh, developer driven. I think that um, 
the public participation plan also policy also talks about how you engage after a project. So going back to the community, um, so how is this, right? Is this working? Does this make sense? What do we need to adjust? Um, and we do, we're doing that right now with a lot of our traffic calming work. Hey, we've noticed speeds have reduced by five miles per hour. You know, are you feeling more comfortable on the street, whether you're a pedestrian, a driver, or a bicyclist? Let's keep in touch, right? Let's share information back and forth. And so that kind of full circle, um, I think also ties back to predictability, not just that kind of beginning uh, piece, you know, if rezoning anywhere, everybody gets the notice or, you know, whatever the project is. But I think it's that ability to um, continue the conversation uh, is important. Thank you, Ms. Mayor. Yeah, thank you, Commissioner Prado. Other questions? Commissioner Decker. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Anderson. That was a great presentation. I really enjoyed listening or actually looking at the last three pages of the define the project because you're right, without a clear vision, without clear goals, you, you're not going to accomplish anything. Um, I did have a question, though, on our the public participation policy that is within our packet that we have here are these five points the only five points that will now be within the community of practice no okay those are i don't have i apologize because i don't have the document in front of me so i'm going by memory um i think those are the key elements of the community of practice i think once we have the group up and running you know, we need to be able to evolve and do the work that we need to do uh, to make sure that the, the city is engaging its residents effectively. Okay. So just to clarify, so what is now, which was in our packet that we all received um, for the agenda, what is in the community practice as of now will stay? It'll just be these added, or you're just touching on the points within this community of practice that are specific and important to this new group? So community practice was not in the previous copy. So everything there is new. Oh, Right, that's you. a completely new piece. I apologize, I did not make that clear in my, um, when I presented it. So that is all new. And so those points are our starting points for that group and the things that we'll work on. Um, and then, you know, we will evolve as we need to, um, to do the next thing to make the work that good work. So that section is completely new. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that clarification because I was a little confused there. Yep. Uh, I just saw a particular sentence that was not with what was here. So I was going to, oh, oh. you've answered it perfectly. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Decker. Other questions? Commissioner Hoffman. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Planner Anderson, for this. I, I have to say the most exciting piece of this is the commu com community of practice. And my mind immediately went to what would it look like if we had a community of practice to do the internal DEI work? What would that look like to collaborate and, and gather inf information through um, just collectively getting with different departments like you're doing with this? And so I would hope that um, the city manager's office would take, take that into consideration because I think this would be a good model to do internally as we deepen our, our, our knowing and our, our work with DEI. So thank you for this, that, this is exciting. Thank you, Commissioner Hoffman. We'll just see if there's, is there anyone else before we go for seconds here? Commissioner Hess. 
Um, indeed, I agree with you, Commissioner Hoffman, and thank you, Planner Anderson, for this. Um, I, I can't help but think that Michael Smith is, is a key part of this and being able to disseminate information from the city manager's office. But in order to also do the DEI work and the sustainability work that we need to do and get this information out to the public. Um, I, I was speaking with some members from the downtown group this before the mess before the meeting um, and and there is particular frustration sometimes about lack of engagement and so this does what uh, what we need to do with this community of practice so I appreciate you thank you thank you Commissioner Hess Commissioner Decker thank you mayor um, I just wanted to go back and say that with those last three pages especially the last one that talks about um, create an engagement strategy. I think this is definitely going to go hand in hand with what Commissioner Prado has really been um, uh, advocating for, uh, and now myself too, which is the communication that we have for the city. Um, I think this is something that hopefully DC, DCM LAM will be able to incorporate into our calendars when we're visiting our neighborhood associations. Um, and I think that with Mr. Williams added to our team, it's, it's Mr. Be great. Smith. Or Mr. Smith? Yes. I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. <laughs> um, I do apologize, Mr. Smith. With Mr. Smith added to our team, um, this is just going to be great information for him to also to keep the city informed. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner Decker. Any other questions for city team? Uh, seeing none, is there this is an opportunity for uh, comments on this particular item that's in front of us. Is there anyone in the audience who would like to comment on the action we'll be taking related to public participation? Hi, my name is Benjamin Stanley. You okay? Um. Whoa, okay. The, this project, I don't know in all of its essence, uh, was posted on your guys' Facebook page, and there were a lot of public comments from the public in regards to public participation in a lot of the way that people feel. Um, I know that, uh, was it Hoffman or Decker, when you guys came, maybe both of you, came to the north side, and I think Don was there too, and we talked about uh, communication came up over and over and over again. So it's really exciting to have Mr. Smith here. Um, I don't know him at all, we'll see how it goes, but I'm getting good feelings so far based on how he's talking. Um, but the public participation, um, I just wanna see more. Um, don't take that the wrong way. I, I don't think that's a bad thing, um, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Don't take that the wrong way either. Um, the bike path is something that a lot of people, for example, want to see, but the way that it was done, um, I think we could have used some more of the public coming and participating before it happened. And I see the during part going on right now. They're accepting feedback, which is very encouraging. It's not just like, we did it. Deal with it. So that's good, that's a positive thing. Um, but then the after, what do we do if we're doing different streets? Like when Kalamazoo 
and West Main are redone years from now, are we gonna do the same thing, put the bike lanes on the left when everything has to be on the right, according to state law? I mean, bikers bike on the right, that's what they do. Now they're on the left and it's just weird. And I don't know, so just like how do we take it in? Anyways, yeah. Thank you, is there anyone else who wants to comment on this item? Uh, see no one. The recommended action is a motion to adopt the resolution. Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made by Commissioner Pradle. Second. Supported by Commissioner Decker. Any discussion, commissioners? Commissioner Pradle. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. And again, um, City Planner Anderson. I <clears throat> just wanted to make a note that this was presented to the Planning Commission at the July 7th meeting. It was passed unanimously by that group. So they're kind of our resident experts to look at this before it comes to us. The thing I, I really appreciated, and I asked the question, but I love the fact that it's got, it's one of its major goals is to create a predictable public participation process. And I think um, Planner Anderson shared some of those, but I also appreciate the fact that it's guided in Imagine Kalamazoo 2025. It's also integrated into our DEI goals as well, which is huge. It says in the packet, it's, it's one of its goals is to increase accountability of each other as partners in this community. I love the fact that it's fluid. You know, the fact that the last time this plan was approved was 2018 and here we are already doing it again because we learned something, we've grown from it. Uh, and I love that it says, there's this one quote that I love in particular about it. It says, ensure all who may be impacted have an opportunity to participate. It's a very simple thought, but very powerful. Uh, so for that, I'm, I'm very excited to vote yes on this. Thank you, Commissioner Pradle. Other discussion? All right, seeing none, Clerk Boiling, please call the roll. Commissioner Hoffman. Yes. Commissioner Juarez. Yes. Commissioner Pradle. Yes. Vice Mayor Cooney. Yes. Mayor Anderson. Yes. Commissioner Decker. Yes. Commissioner Hess. Yes. Thank you, commissioners. The resolution is adopted. Next is item H2 on the regular agenda. City Manager Ritzma. Adoption of an ordinance to revise Chapter 20B of the Kalamazoo City Code, which licenses and regulates medical and adult use marijuana businesses licensed by the state and permitted to operate in the city. Uh, thank you, Manager Ritzma. Is there a staff report on this item? We do have staff in the audience. Uh, looks like our Deputy Director of Community Planning Economic Development is coming forward, Antonio Mitchell. Welcome, Mr. Mitchell. Nice Hello, to have you here. Yeah, pre pretty much I'm here to assist um, Attorney Robertson, and, um, Robertson to answer any questions about this and also the policy that the public or commission and the mayor vice mayor may have so um, I think it's pretty straightforward uh, what we're trying to amend um, to be better aligned with what staff is trying to accomplish with working with this industry this brand new industry which needs to be clear this is a brand new industry with um, some state requirements that we're trying to make adjustments to thank you mr. Mitchell attorney Robinson any comments you want to make on this just very briefly, most of the changes are, as uh, Mr. Mitchell indicated, an indication of changes internally, but also we're making changes 
due to changes in state law and the administrative rules. Thank you, Attorney Robinson. Questions? Commissioner Pradle. Yeah, I know we presented on this, but I thought it might be helpful to have just a quick refresher of a couple questions. Um, so one of the things was that changing the permitting process in an attempt to assist administrative staff, the um, Economic Development Corporate Corporation Board, uh, which is largely the overseer of permitting, and then also the local businesses um, who are part of this. And I was just wondering if you could talk about the, the key uh, permitting changes, the uh, increase of term uh, of the provisional permit to two years, the um, permit of, of uh, admin staff to increase the term uh, of license up to 121 days, the 90-day uh, provisional renewal, those three uh, changes, and just kind of explain what the rationale is for each of those changes. Yes, quickly on the 120 and 90-day um, adjustments, that's just to give more flexibility for staff and the organizations that we're working with, more time to respond to the designated um, approval time frame, which sometimes is close. And then on the permitting part of the two years, uh, we were using that as a carrot um, for businesses that are at the civil level to get to the goal level um, and to request additional assistance um, from us as staff to assist them to get there. Uh, one key factor to this process with the social equity part is because this is a new industry and a new initiative by the state and also um, local community, um, what does social initiative mean for this community has to be defined. Um, and then it also has to be defined how we expect and want these businesses to get to the gold initiative. Um, and so we're trying to um, hopefully have staff that's gonna work closer with um, this industry to not only um, get the definition of what they are trying to do to get to gold, but also making sure they, they implement that. And the reward is if you get the gold, you're eligible for a two-year turnaround time period at the same price um, as a one-year. Um, and so we're trying to use that as a carrot for more collaboration and uh, partnershiping with this industry. Thank you. Yeah. Any other questions for staff at this time? Thank you, Mr. Mitchell. Seeing none, is there anyone in the audience that would like to comment specifically on this item? This is your opportunity to do so. Please come to the podium, state your name. You'll have three minutes and let us know where you live in the city. Uh, seeing no one uh, coming forward here, uh, I, just, I just do want to provide a reminder too, uh, maybe one reason there isn't as much discussion uh, this evening is that this is an ordinance. It means it has already been on our agenda, had a great deal of discussion at the hearing time, which was uh, at our previous meeting, and also some discussion at a committee of the whole meeting. So we've been through a lot of details of this. Thank you, Commissioner Pradle, just for looking for a condensed Reader's Digest version of it this evening, but uh, there's been a lot more discussion than that. So seeing no comments, the recommended action is the motion to adopt the ordinance. Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made by Commissioner Hess. Second. Supported by Commissioner Decker. Discussion? Seeing none, Clerk Borling, please call the roll. Commissioner Juarez. Yes. Commissioner Pradle. Yes. Vice Mayor Cooney. Yes. 
Mayor Anderson. Yes. Commissioner Decker. Yes. Commissioner Hess. Yes. Commissioner Hoffman. Yes. Thank you, commissioners. The ordinance is adopted. Next item on our regular agenda, Manager Ritzma. Item G1 is approval of a contract supplemental with TreeWorks Incorporated and budget amendment in the amount of $100,000 for hazardous tree Thank you, Manager Ritzma. Uh, I presume staff are available if, if anybody has any questions on this. Are there any questions from commission on this particular item? Okay, seeing none, now is the opportunity for anyone in the audience to comment particularly on this item. Hey, I can address both of them at the same time. It's the same company, it's the same thing. I went through my emails, see if I'd missed something. Um, and I don't have any notification of this, um, even though I've been trying to put in bids for cutting down trees for the city for years. Um, one time, I'm not allowed in this building now, you guys know that, except for during these meetings. And then I have to quickly leave. Um, but you guys do have a TV downstairs, and before I was trespassed, I noticed that there was a bid open for it. And so I talked to people, and you would not believe how difficult it was to find out how to put in a bid for the city. To get a list of the trees that, I mean, if you're gonna cut down a tree that's six foot wide, and a thousand feet tall versus a foot wide, and. 20 feet tall, it's a big difference. And so when you're putting in a bid, you have to know this information. And it was, I got the information the day before the bid was put out last time, I submitted all the information, and it said that I was unresponsive. So I, I wasn't given the opportunity. And I just found that interesting, and I did see in my email that I'd asked, I said um, that you know, it said that the person was unresponsive. What exactly does that mean? And they still haven't responded, and that was like a year ago. Um, maybe I should put it in a FOIA so I can sue you if you don't respond that way. Ha, ha, ha. But um, seriously, like when people say, I want to be able to participate in the community, have access. Speak for a full three minutes. I don't know what's going on either. I saw you say that earlier. When people want to do work in their community so they can make a living and provide for people in their community, I think that should be a good thing, not a bad thing. I have tried, and I have audio recordings, and I have documented emails, and I have videos, things that people use in court. Why do I have to be so adversarial to be able to put in a bid to cut down trees. I don't have any communications from the city. Hey, there's a bid coming out. You guys have an automated process to make it easy. But I'm not included, I've tried. I'm not allowed and I don't know why. And now you're assigning the contract to someone else when someone who else has said, I wanna be included in this, was not given the opportunity. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else in the audience who'd like to comment on this item? Seeing no more comments, the recommended action is a motion to approve this budget amendment. Is there such a motion? So moved. Motion made by Commissioner Pradle. Second. Supported by Commissioner Hoffman.
Any discussion, Commission? Seeing none, Clerk Borland, we please call the roll. Commissioner Cradle. Yes. Vice Mayor Cooney. Yes. Mayor Anderson. Yes. Commissioner Decker. Yes. Commissioner Hess. Yes. Commissioner Hoffman. Yes. Commissioner Juarez. Yes. Thank you very much, Commissioners. Uh, the motion is adopted. City Manager Ritzma. Item G2 is approval of a contract with TreeWorks Incorporated for neighborhood tree maintenance in the amount of $198,485. Thank you, Manager Ritzma. Is there anyone, well, first of all, I presume there's no questions. Is there anyone in the audience who would like to comment on this item? If so, please come forward. You have three minutes. State your name and whether you live in the city. Now I can see why I stopped coming to these meetings. Have a great night, guys. Thank you. Is there anyone else that wants to comment on this item? See no one, the recommended action is a motion to adopt this, uh, pr approve this contract. Is there such a motion? I'll move that. Motion made by Commissioner Hess. Second. Supported by Commissioner Juarez. Any discussion? Seeing none, Clerk Borling, please call the roll. Vice Mayor Cooney. Yes. Mayor Anderson. Yes. Commissioner Decker. Yes. Commissioner Hess. Yes. Commissioner Hoffman. Yes. Commissioner Juarez. Yes. Commissioner Pradel. Yes. Thank you, Commissioners. The motion passes. Manager Ritzman. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, for city manager's report this evening, I just want to remind everyone that tomorrow evening is the national night out. And uh, we look forward to being out in the community. And um, there will be several sites throughout the city that will be having events, uh, mostly at neighborhood uh, community centers. and. Uh, We'll have information out there on our website and uh, public safety as well. So I just encourage everyone to get out and, uh, and uh, support uh, public safety and the community together. Thank you. Thank you very much, Manager Ritzma. And you're up next. Next is policy items. We have item K1, approval of an amended marijuana social equity policy to be consistent with recent changes to the state's social equity program and the city's marijuana commercial businesses ordinance. Thank you, Manager Ritzman. Is there a staff report on this item? I do not believe so. Uh, Antonio is out there again, or Deputy Director Mitchell uh, for questions. All right, Attorney Robinson, anything? you'd like to add at this point? Uh, nothing. All right, thank you. Mr. Mitchell, you're just available for any questions, right? Any questions for Mr. Mitchell on this policy at this time from commission? Seeing none, is there anyone in the audience who'd like to comment on this item? It's item K1. Seeing no comments, the recommended action is a motion to approve the policy. Is there a motion? 
So moved. Motion made by Commissioner Juarez. Second. Supported by Commissioner Hoffman. Discussion. Seeing none, Clerk Bowling, please call the roll. Mayor Anderson. Yes. Commissioner Decker. Yes. Commissioner Hess. Yes. Commissioner Hoffman. Yes. Commissioner Juarez. Yes. Commissioner Pradle. Yes. Vice Mayor Cooney. Yes. Thank you very much, Commissioners. The policy is approved. Now is the opportunity for Commissioners who wish to make comment. So would it like to start this evening? Kick it off, Commissioner Pradle. Uh, hope you don't mind patience with me tonight, but I uh, kind of struggled in the last week to decide how I wanted to uh, approach things this week. Uh, I first want to just say uh, to uh, Ms. Pecky Bills that I appreciate the apology, but there's absolutely no need to apologize. You know, you are showing up every day, working hard for your family, trying to make, you know, our little piece of downtown a better place. And uh, I hope you keep doing that. And I hope we can continue to do everything we can support you and all small uh, businesses in our community. Um, so just wanted to say that and say thank you. I want to take a second opportunity to thank, I know I saw Commissioner Tammy Ray out in the audience earlier tonight and really wanted to take an opportunity um, to save some space and thank the county for joining us on um, our desire to uh, uh, address gun violence and do it in a uh, hefty way and match us in that work. Uh, so thank you to the county commission for that. Uh, I mentioned, uh, I've been trying to think about how to approach this and uh, had a number of people uh, giving me advices from uh, all sides, and I'm, I'm referring to, uh, I guess, uh, uh, make it on prime time in a way that you don't exactly want to make. While a prime time host uh, on national television can spend one minute in front of millions dividing the country through a screen, I think I decided, and I think we all show up every single day, I include us, the commission, and I include the city staff who work their tails off every day, that we're gonna wake up until our last breath in our corner of the world of this amazing city of 78,000 plus people, in the belief in lifting up every single person, in the belief that each one of those per people can somehow come together to change the world. We can do hard things. It doesn't have to be us versus them. It can be this and that, and it can be us and we. I've spent almost every day of my life in this community, every, almost every year of my 36 years, and I think the thing that uh, continuously draws me to this place is the fact that we do have a value system. The people up here who are represented represent the value system of this community. So I wanted to take a moment to share what I think I see as our values. Our values recognize the dignity and worth of every human being in this community. We have the values of innovation and imagining how we could be better. Our values are in the belief of lifting people up instead of tearing people down. Our values say that we will focus on being our best self and better than the day we found before us. We can be defined by somebody who did a quick Google search and can't even get the right logo right on national television. 
But in just the two and a half years that I've been here, I want to take a couple minutes to talk about this. For downtown Kalamazoo businesses, in the wake of COVID, about six months into my term, before the federal government could even inject money of stimulus dollars and PPP loans, this city commission sat up here for the last time and made a decision to inject millions of dollars into nonprofits and small businesses and saved a list of dozens of small businesses that would not be here today because of that. We've created grant and facade programs. We created smart trashes with the idea of making it easier for people to make the right choice than throw the wrappers on the ground. We've inserted a portaloo, uh, a Portland loo. We have an ambassador program to, to do the work of removing graffiti, of trying to pick up litter and try to beautify our downtown. For the first time in decades, we're making intentional process to think through how to become a two-way conversion to our downtown again, to reduce two giant highways going through our downtown. We we're one of the first communities in the state that created a downtown drinking district and even expanded it to include Bronson Park to help support businesses. We created outdoor seating and shut down parking lanes on the mall to create more seating for our businesses to bring more traffic downtown. And now, as a city, we're taking on the downtown Kalamazoo partnership responsibilities and figuring out how to make that work as well. In terms of the houseless side, just this evening, we talked about how we've now injected upwards of 900,000 plus dollars to create a, uh, housing for a significant number of, of unhoused individuals and people below 30% AMI. We addressed pod zoning to figure out a creative way to create temporary housing opportunities. In the midst of the, the pandemic, when pl regular places were closed, we created warming and cooling stations. We even bought a 100 by 40 foot tent to experiment and figure out how we could make that work. We provided encampment support based on CDC recommendations, everything from restroom facilities to trashes to potable water. Our public safety department has been taking unprecedented steps where now over 90 officers are trained in, in um, crisis intervention training and will soon in 2023 be launching an ISK partnership with public safety departments around the county. We tried in a hotel intervention strategy that we tried to implement. And again, we devoted millions of dollars before the federal government could even respond to inject into local nonprofits to afford help with rental assistance and gaps that the most vulnerable people in our community uh, could take advantage of. That's just everything I could think through in a short jotting on a notepad since I've been here in two and a half years. And my recognition is I wake up every single day knowing that we could absolutely do better. I wake up every single day recognizing that we could do more. And I think that this commission shares that appetite to do that work, but we, we are, as the former mayor would say, a masterpiece in progress. Tomorrow we're gonna have an opportunity where people are gonna have a chance to voice you know, their vote and share how their values reflect in the people that represent them. I've shared this before, I think it's one of the most powerful days that we have in this world, where somebody who literally may not have a house can vote and vote and be, have as much power as a person who's a billionaire. And that's all how we got here from the people of Kalamazoo. A projection of this community's value system. I believe in this community more Every single day I wake up and come up here because I believe in the hard work that this city staff does. I believe in the ingenuity of the people of this community. 
I believe in the heart of the seven people who sit up here every single time we meet. And I genuinely, with every fiber of my being, believe that we are not defined by a one-minute segment on national TV, that we are defined by the work that we wake up and do here every single day, both on this dais and in our lives. It is truly an honor to serve with every person up here. And if I knew before I voted last time what would come in the last week, I would do it all over again. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Commissioner Pradel. Anyone else want to speak, or is that it for this evening? I'm joking, obviously, a bit. Everyone. <laughs> Commissioner Hess. Um, I stand and applaud you too, Chris. Thank you so much. It's, a, it's an honor to serve with you. Um, besides tomorrow being election day, um, please vote. It, and as uh, City Manager Ritzma mentioned, it's also National Night Out. I want to give a shout out to the folks in Parks and Rec and to CPED uh, who have worked so hard in putting these events together and bringing our neighborhoods together at a time when it is so necessary in this town. Um, so um, thank you also to Parks and Rec for these wonderful movies in the park events. Uh, I've, I had heard from people from out of town that were there for the movies and they're like, this is incredible. How do you do this? I was at a this morning at an event for the first tee of Kalamazoo, and we've mentioned them up here before, but it's, it's, a, it's a, a golf training for children, youth age seven to 17, who normally wouldn't uh, be able to learn golf. Um, and, and this event was for professionals that had come from the tour to be here in Kalamazoo with our youth. And the one person who was from Michigan said to me, this is incredible. Kalamazoo is amazing. So it, that's from outside. And this is Kalamazoo, um, bringing everyone together over something much greater. Um, but that said, just like Commissioner Pradel, I believe in Kalamazoo. I believe in us. Today, I attended a, a bipartisan conversation between representatives uh, Debbie Dingle from the east side of the state and Fred Upton from our own um, district. and. Uh, it was very inspirational, people with different ideas and philosophies working together toward the greater good of the people. Their key points to me that I heard were love. You have to love your job, you have to love your community, and you have to love the people. And you have to put love into every day that you do, and it's about the relationships. And I believe that each one of us up here uh, focuses on those relationships within our within our jurisdictions, but also within the greater community. Um, that that is the ingredient to getting things done and bipartisanship. Um, finding the common ground with civility and respect. So um, at the end of that, they also announced Kalamazoo as an official um, part of the One Small Step initiative. And one small step is a part of the StoryCorps from NPR. And it's an, so Kalamazoo is an official organization here. There's a little QR code and we'll, it, we'll get that out. Um, we'll get that information out where you can sign up and have a mediated conversation with someone who does not believe as you do. 
and you can begin to learn each other as human beings. So we have these civil conversations in our town. I'm so excited about One Small Step. Uh, you can go to onesmallstep.storycore.org to sign up, to be a participant. Uh, they originally wanted 100 people. The, the people that are partnering from Fetzer believe that we can get 400 just like that. People that really want to make a difference and really solve the problems that plague us. Um, I'll just leave that there. And uh, so I ran for commission because it was nonpartisan, because we had the opportunity to work together without these us versus them divisions. And it's so far it has served us well here on, in the, on the past commission and on this commission. For those of us who want to seek common ground in government, that is an end to the divisiveness the us versus them, the binary thinking, I believe, like Commissioner Pradle, in us. I believe in us. We can totally disagree, but we can also get to a bigger place where all of us can agree. And, it can, and Kalamazoo can be made more whole, and we may not be able to solve Washington, D.C.'s issues, but we can certainly solve Kalamazoo's. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Hess. Commissioner Decker. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I echo everything that Commissioner Prado and Commissioner Hess have also said. I love the city of Kalamazoo. I ran to make a change and to make a difference and to be able to collaborate again on both sides to bring people together to do the things that the city needs to do to get things done. Uh, I just want to bring some recognition to uh, there was a ribbon cutting at 615. Uh, West Kalamazoo, um, that is new housing apartments that have gone up. Um, that was one of a areas or pieces of parcels that had been blighted for so long and contaminated. Uh, the Brownfield worked with the developers. They got it cleaned up. They did kind of keep the, uh, the feel, I would say, of the parcel. It used to be an auto parts store, auto parts um, business. Um, so when you go in there and take a look around, if you're looking for something, um, you'll see that kind of in, in the makeup of the building. Um, I do want to get a big shout out to uh, Director Mitchell and his team. They have been out actively uh, working on the filter distributions and getting that information out to our community, which is awesome. Um, I will let you know that if you do want to get involved, we do have two more training sessions. Um, and I believe they are in September 9th and 15th. Director Mitchell, perfect, awesome. Um, and again, and once you are trained as a volunteer for the city, you can also help out in other distributions. We do plan on doing this for as long as it takes uh, until we reach every single resident within the city of Kalamazoo that still needs to have their lead lines replaced. Um, I do wanna bring some recognition to, to the downtown area. Um, I know the sidewalk sales were this past weekend. There was also restaurant week, I believe, going on also. Um, so I hope you guys are able to get down there and frequent those businesses that are there that are that are in our downtown, that need our help, that, that want us to come in and do the shopping and do the, and do, and have conversations and build those relationships with the individuals that are downtown. Um, I do know that there was a communication that went out from um, DCM Chamberlain and um, the Southwest Michigan First. Um, I just wanna say I, I do appreciate the two businesses that did come down and speak. Um, 
because we have to have collaborative conversations to determine our next steps. Um, so I know I've reached out to a few of those individuals and hopefully we'll be setting up something soon to kind of talk about that and see uh, what else the city is able to do to really support you guys and, and talk about a solution. Um, one other big thing that I'd like to say is I do sit on the Brownfield Board and they have been awarded two grants that they will be uh, accepting in the near future here. So again, that's going to give us more funds to find more blighted and um, more blighted parcels that do need to be cleaned up um, if there's some kind of environmental issue with them. And again, more funds for hopefully infill housing um, that we approved today for KNHS. Um, we've got them on the books, so you know, hopefully we can get some more things built quicker rather than later uh, for the residents of the city of Kalamazoo. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Decker. Anyone else would like to speak this evening? Vice Mayor Cooney. Thank you, Mayor. Um, Mothers of Hope is an organization on the north side of Kalamazoo. And it was started by a group of women who were addicts and worked hard and were able to kick their habits. And they decided that they were going to start an organization that was going to work with people who were addicts to try to help them kick those habits. And um, they continue to work today. Um, and they do that same work, but they do a lot more. They were one of the leaders in going into the neighborhoods and help people get vaccinated when COVID broke out. They were leaders in helping people register to vote and getting people to vote. And they opened a house on Ada Street to be a beacon of hope and light in that community. And um, on Saturday, this coming Saturday, they will host their third annual recovery walk. And that is a walk that invites people that have been fighting addictions and have overcome and are in recovery, or people that are wanting to be in recovery, to come together and celebrate those efforts. They had over 100 people out there last year, um, and I'm sure they'll have many more this year. It'll be starting at 10 o'clock um, on the north side on Patterson Street in a playground there, um, and everyone is invited to come. So I wanted to bring that out first. My second one you might think is a little funny. Yesterday, arguably the greatest basketball player in the history of the National Basketball Association died, Bill Russell. And I think that Bill Russell is somebody to talk about because of the way he played the game and the way he played his life. He played the game with a dedication to excellence. And he played against some of the others who are rated as great players. Will Chamberlain. Bill Russell was six foot ten, Chamberlain was seven foot one. And when they played against each other, it was a battle of giants. And they fought so hard against each other. But off the court, they were great friends. And um, Bill Russell um, played at a time when the Civil Rights uh, Movement hadn't even started. 
and he graduated from college in 1956. In 1955 and 1956, he played at the University of San Francisco, and they won the NCAA tournament. And then he was um, um, drafted into the pros. He went to the Boston Celtics. And after a while, he became the first black coach in the history of the National Basketball Association. And as a coach and a player, he won nine straight NBA titles. He won a total of 11. No one has surpassed that. No one's even come close to, to, to that. So as a player, he was a model for what he did and, and um, the way he played the game. But I wanted to speak a little bit about what he did in the Civil Rights Movement. Because remember, he graduated from college seven years um, before the Montgomery bus boycott. But uh, Bill Russell was one of the leaders in the March on Washington. When Medgar Evers was killed, he went down and with Medgar Evers' brother, he started an interracial basketball clinic down there. And um, when uh, Muhammad Ali refused to go to Vietnam, uh, Bill Russell stood with him at his press conference. Um, he was a guy who always fought for justice for black people and for all people all his life. And um, I just think that the way he played the game, the way he played the life, his life, is something that we should hold up and follow. Thank you very much, Vice Mayor Cooney. Any other comments from commissioners this evening? All right. Hey, uh, seeing none at this point, uh, I appreciate everybody's comments. Uh, you know, the passion is palpable at, at every single level. And uh, I guess one thing I just want to remind us of, and maybe everyone who participates in these meetings, is that uh, for a community to be great, uh, you need great people to live in a community. And uh, the story about Kalamazoo is not the story uh, of what happens here on our meeting nights. Uh, it's a story about everybody in Kalamazoo and how people communicate uh, with each other, but how, more so how people uh, do their work all over the place, recognized and un unrecognized, uh, to make this be a great place. So just along those lines, I, I just wanted to to note uh, a couple things that I'd had an opportunity to participate in over this uh, since our last meeting. One was uh, there was an event El Concilio held, uh, brought in uh, representatives from the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. It was a good event. Uh, a lot of great work happening there, uh, a lot of focus on economic development uh, and family wealth building, and uh, all that work goes on. Thank you. El Concilio and all that work. Uh, I also attended a, a retirement uh, recognition for a person named Joel Cooper, who was the director of the Disability Network here, a uh, very strong center for independent living here in Kalamazoo. It's been around for quite a while. So for over 20 years, he was the director, is now retired. Uh, they continue to do that great work. Uh, and just a remembrance that it was just in 1990 uh, not so long ago when uh, the American with Disabilities Act was passed and that fight for inclusion for persons with a disability 
that work uh, became codified into law. Another great organization doing that work uh, every single day with the volunteer board of directors and, and staff to do that work. But uh, I, I wanted to close it out just recognizing uh, a person from Kalamazoo who I will suggest, e even though physically uh, maybe not uh, in stature, you know, was our own uh, local uh, Wilt Chamberlain or uh, famous basketball player. And that was uh, Johnny Lee Caldwell here in Kalamazoo. There was a uh, recognition a homegoing service that happened over to AME uh, Chapel. He was 94 years old, and, and people may not know uh, his name, but uh, he's been around Kalamazoo for a long, long time, and, and has had profound effects of demonstrating how you can be a leader, and uh, you'll maybe ever, never even think about sitting here in a city commission or running for office, but you can still be a community leader. He. Uh, came from Kansas. He had gotten his uh, teaching uh, degree there. Uh, age he was, there, there weren't hiring uh, African Americans to teach in Kansas, and he decided to uh, come to Michigan. He's, he worked at the Douglas Community Association, Was ended up being one of the early executive directors there way back in the 60s, and then worked for years and years in the Kalamazoo Public School System, uh, finishing out here as a uh, a principal uh, at Kalamazoo Central High School. And I uh, got to make some comments at his uh, homegoing ceremony, uh, as did Charles Parker, which all of you I am sure know. Uh, Charles Parker and I graduated from Kalamazoo Central, Old Central downtown, the same year. And uh, it was in uh, just the year before we graduated, uh, John Caldwell was appointed assistant principal there at Kalamazoo Central. It was uh, very challenging times, uh, and he was a, a stern person who had a lot of expectations for the young people around him. And uh, I think young people need that sometimes. Uh, Charles Parker uh, admitted that he had gotten a referral at one time, and but he also went on to say that uh, this man changed the course of his life. Uh, one of the things he was very involved in was sports, particularly boxing, as a matter of fact, and uh, really encouraged uh, young men to participate because of the discipline, the focus. Uh, people remember some years ago around Groom's Boxing Academy and all that, I don't know if you know the history, but there was quite a boxing establishment here in Kalamazoo. Actually, there were some several people that went on to Golden Gloves uh, you know, boxing world coming out of here. Uh, there's, uh, for example, there's a longtime city employee, Lionel Ford, who was part of that group and was a boxer and uh, got engaged because of this man. But as I was there uh, for this ceremony, it just reminded me that this one person that we were recognizing had affected the lives of so many here in Kalamazoo and each and every one of us, you know, have that opportunity uh, to be that person for other people in our lives. Maybe people at a time when they need some extra attention or some structure or some discipline or some encouragement at the same time. And, and even though uh, he had very, very high expectations, he also was willing to really go the distance uh, to help support you at the same time. 
uh, a real community icon. So recognizing uh, that, uh, recognizing the legacy he has had, uh, that's, that's the work we all do, but that's the work the community does. I love you, Kalamazoo. We're adjourned. Do you know him, Brian?